Section 54 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 51. The reader already knows much these two had to tell one another. It was a sweet yet bitter day for Margaret since it brought her a true friend and ill news for now first she learned that gerard was all alone in that strange land she could not think with dennis that he could come home indeed he would have arrived before this dennis was a bomb he called her his she comrade and was always cheering her up with his formula and hilarities and she petted him and made much of him and feebly hectored it over him as well as over martin and would not let him eat a single meal out of her house and forbade him to use naughty words it spoils you dennis good lack to hear such ugly words come forth so comely ahead forbear or i shall be angry so be civil whereupon dennis was upon his good behaviour and ludicrous the struggle between his native politeness and his acquired ruffianism and it never rains but it pours other persons now solicited margaret's friendship she had written to margaret van eck a humble letter telling her she knew she was no longer the favourite she had been and would keep her distance but could not forget her benefactress's past kindness she then told her briefly how many ways she had battled for a living and in conclusion begged earnestly that her residence might not be betrayed least of all to his people i do hate them they drove him from me and even when he was gone their hearts turned not to me as they would and if they had repented their cruelty to him the van eck was perplexed at last she made a confidant of richt the secret ran through richt as through a cylinder to catherine ay and is she turned that bitter against us said that good woman she stole our son from us and now she hates us for not running into her arms nay the less it is a blessing she is alive and no farther away than rotterdam the english princess now countess charolois made a stately progress through the northern states of the duchy accompanied by her stepdaughter the young heiress of burgundy marie du bourguignon then the old duke the most magnificent prince in europe put out his splendour troops of dazzling knights and bevies of fair ladies gorgeously attired attended the two princesses and minstrels jongleurs or storytellers bards musicians actors tumblers followed in the train and there was fencing dancing and joy in every town they shone on Reichert invited all his people to meet him at Rotterdam and view the pageant. They had been in Rotterdam some days. 
when Dennis met Catherine accidentally in the street, and after a warm greeting on both sides, bade her rejoice, for he had found the she-comrade and crowed. But Catherine cooled him by showing him how much earlier he would have found her by staying quietly at Turgu than by vagabondizing it all over Holland. And being found, what the better are we? Her heart is set dead against us now. Oh, let that flea stick. Come you with me to her house. No, she would not go where she was sure of an ill welcome. Them that come unbidden sit unseated. No, let Dennis be mediator and bring the parties to a good understanding. He undertook the office at once, and with great pomp and confidence he trotted off to Margaret and said, She, comrade, I met this day a friend of thine. Thou didst look into the rotter then and see thyself. Nay, twas a female, and one that seeks thy regard. Twas Catherine, Gerard's mother. Oh, was it? said Margaret. Then you may tell her she comes too late. There was a time I longed and longed for her, but she held aloof in my hour of most need. So now we will be as we have been. Dennis tried to shake this resolution. He coaxed her, but she was bitter and sullen and not to be coaxed. Then he scolded her well. Then at that she went into hysterics. He was frightened at this result of his eloquence, and being off his guard, allowed himself to be entrapped into a solemn promise never to recur to the subject. He went back to Catherine crestfallen, and told her. She fired up, and told the family how his overtures had been received. Then they fired up. It became a feud, and burned fiercer every day. Little Kate alone made some excuses for Margaret. The very next day another visitor came to Margaret and found the military enslaved and degraded, Martin up to his elbows in soap suds, and Dennis ironing very clumsily, and Margaret plating ruffs, but with a mistress's eye on her raw levies. To these there entered an old man, venerable at first sight, but on nearer view keen and wizened. Ah, cried Margaret, then swiftly turned her back on him, and hid her face with invincible repugnance. Oh, that man, that man! Nay, fear me not, said Giesbrecht. I come on a friend's errand. I bring ye a letter from foreign parts. Mock me not, old man, and she turned slowly round, Nay, see, and he held out an enormous letter. Margaret darted on it, and held it with trembling hands and glistening eyes. It was Gerard's handwriting. Oh, thank you, sir, bless you for this. I forgive you all the ill you ever wrought me. And she pressed the letter to her bosom with one hand, and glided swiftly from the room with it. As she did not come back, Giesbrecht went away, 
but not without a scowl at martha margaret was ours alone with her letter end of section fifty four recording by john brandon